Hi, welcome to the Woosa Podcast, a limited series where we'll unpack issues affecting black and brown women on the job, some of my own crazy workplace stories, and good discussions aligning with both my career development books, Woosa, a survival guide for women of color working in corporate, and Workplace Peace, a workbook and journal for women of color, seven keys to obtaining a more fulfilling work experience. I'm your host, Coach Rock Robertson, and I'm here to help you navigate the workplace more effectively while protecting your peace and cultivating smart and strategic career planning moves. But first things first, let's take a deep breath and woosah. Hey, hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon to you. And whatever time zone you are tuning into this podcast, we've made it to the finale and the final episode of this lovely limited series, Woosa, a survival guide for women of color working in corporate, the podcast. And I couldn't be any more thankful and excited for these last nine weeks that we've spent together. We've unpacked the value and the importance of taking a WUSA. We've undressed systemic racism and the impacts on work cultures. We've discussed toxic work environments and dismantled the surface definition of what self-care looks like while learning to identify the different experiences that exist among black and brown women versus our white counterparts. We've managed stress together, celebrated our diversity, and the fact that we're above fighting for a seat at the table. Because guess what? We are on that menu. We've learned to set boundaries and create strategies for advocating for ourselves, finding our tribes and the necessity of workplace wellness and workplace peace. Hey, we've done a lot, ladies, and for the gentlemen that are out there listening, And these last eight weeks have been chock full with information, strategy, stories, and hopefully enjoyable and um, just supportive to your personal and professional lives. And so today we close out week nine and ending Women's History Month. And I want to leave you ladies uh, with a couple of keys for obtaining a more fulfilling work experience. So we walk through the power of WUSA, every aspect of what WUSA, a survival guide for women of color, working in corporate, the book means. Um, and now instead of just um, learning to survive and navigate work cultures with our unique um, things that we navigate through as women of color, I've got to ensure that I leave you all with some tips, some strategies, and some knowledge to move from surviving to thriving, okay? Because as I mentioned before, we can't afford to simply just survive anything but to truly position ourselves to thrive in the workplace, in the classroom, professionally, and simply overall as women. So first things first, I want you to do some introspective work and give some thought to where you are professionally. Where are you in the workplace? Where are you in life? And 
What have you done or not done that has you right where you are? Like, how did you get to this point? And then I want you to think about, are you satisfied with what you're doing? Could you be doing more? Should you be doing less? Listen, ladies, this episode, it may hurt a little bit because it will challenge you to peel back a few layers. But I promise, as with any challenge, there is opportunity to grow. And I'm really wearing my life coaching hat in this episode. But I promise, if you stay with me and be honest with yourself, by the end of this series, you'll be well on your way to tasting a bit more of the sweetness with your workplace experience, whatever that is for you, or even cultivating a new experience. So the first key that I like to leave with you, and we're going to discuss five unique keys, um, more so points to ponder, keys that I found helpful to obtaining a more rewarding workplace, career, or professional experience overall. I mean, we talked about in our last episode, the workplace, our jobs, that is our livelihood. We have got to um, pay these bills. We've got to live. We've got to be able to provide for ourselves. And why not be in spaces where you're working? That is more fulfilling, okay? So how do we have a more fulfilling workplace experience or professional experience? Because maybe you're in school. Um, The first thing is to identify and own your purpose and passions, predominantly your purpose. So number one, to having a more fulfilling work experience is to identify and own your purpose. And this speaks to discovering what you're really here for, what you really want to do, and what you're passionate about. Because honestly, there are millions of people just on a job, in a role, and getting a paycheck but have zero passion for what they're doing. And while our jobs won't always stimulate our passions, it is our responsibility to ensure that we do this outside of work, okay? If you're doing something that isn't fulfilling, you've got to find a way to make sure you're stimulating your passions. You cannot expect your job just to do that for you. Hey, maybe you're strategically just at a job that pays you um, enough money to fund your own business or passion. That's that that could be a good thing. Maybe you've had high hopes for a role that you recently took. Maybe you've accepted a role only to discover it's not what you want, what you like, and it doesn't stimulate you. Like, what do you do in that case? If you're just here, you're just on a job. And it's just mundane. It's just really plain Jane, okay? The first thing with identifying and owning your purpose, um, that usually aligns with passion. But wait, before I go too far, I realize that in my years of coaching in this area, that typically what we're created for is rewarding enough. So that is our purpose. Once we identify and own our purpose, that typically is rewarding enough to where that brings about the passion because God is just dope like that. Whatever our purpose is that we're created here to do, we're going to have a level of passion for that. So it's a win-win. That's why knowing your purpose is so important as we think about our um, vocations and our careers. 
knowing what you're here to do because it's going to stimulate that passion for you. Think about it. There are countless people in marriages, raising kids, on jobs, and they are allowing those titles to define them and to give them purpose. Or they're moving about just aimlessly because they have a purpose void. You, we, we can't afford to live our lives purposeless or just holding on to I'm director of such and such. I'm a proud parent. Like you, those are your titles, but you were created with purpose and were created for so much more. And think about it. They're just going about going with the wind, whatever makes them feel good at the time or whatever makes sense. And while this strategy is common, like a lot of people just fall into things or they're just in a place for the money or they're, they're just there. And it's, it's pretty common, but it's not truly fulfilling. And it's not going to be strategic to help you get to where you were created to be and a place that you desire to be. So you'll even see people making big dollars like millionaires that are unhappy and unfulfilled. Why is that? That speaks to the purpose void. So back to my first point, if you will, that first step is to workplace fulfillment is identifying and owning your purpose. Hey, did you know that you are indeed made for something great and you are a unique solution to a problem? And guess what? The diversity that you bring to your workplace or your profession is magical. Your authenticity, your quirks, your humor, your background, your perspective, your talents were all given to you on purpose, and they are valuable. When we aren't our authentic selves, our workplaces loses an opportunity to learn from us, i.e. our perspectives and ideas. Your background has led you to this point, And because of it, you have profound knowledge, a new approach, and fresh strategies. Girl, why suppress this? These little quirks, your idiosyncrasies, they are designed to help you fulfill your purpose. And purpose is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. We know that baseline definition. That is the That's what purpose is. It's the reason for something uh, being created or for which something is done or something exists. And what I know about purpose is that living on purpose and with purpose helps to reduce anxiety, hopelessness, fear, unfulfillment, and depression. Did you hear that? Let Let me run that back one more time. What I know about purpose is that when we live on purpose, it helps to reduce anxiety, okay? Because we have a clear goal and we have a clear idea of what we're doing and why we're here. So living on purpose and with purpose, it reduces anxiety, hopelessness, fear, unfulfillment, and depression. Think about it. You were not created to shrink, play small, burn out, or just go to work every day and pay the bills and then die. No, you were created to do great work. So... Give yourself permission to dream, explore, and think about what you really, really want in your professional life. Okay, if you've already identified your purpose and you know what you're, you know that you know what you're here for, go full throttle, 
Be intentional with selecting your workplaces and your careers and experiences that align and that can further you into your purpose. And hey, I get it. Some of us don't know our purpose. And if you don't know your purpose, here are a couple of questions to consider asking yourself just to get you started. Think about it. What are you passionate about? What do you care about? It may help to grab a pen and to jot this down because these questions are going to help stimulate what your purpose could be. But really, only God can uh, reveal what he created you for because he created you, right? But some of these questions are going to kind of help get those juices flowing. And of course, you know, your prayer time and asking the Lord for clarity will help you with that. But number one, Think about it. What are you passionate about? Like what keeps you up at night? What gets your gears growing? Go, what gets your gears going? What do you care about? What captivates your attention, girl? What interests you? What motivates you? Okay, here's another one. What are some of your gifts, talents, and skills? And we'll dive deeper into the differences of those later, but what are some of your gifts, your talents, and skills? What would you do for free? What is your dream job and your dream career opportunity? Okay, so after you ask yourself those questions, think about this last thing. What are a couple of steps that you can take to make this happen with that dream job, dream career opportunity? What is that? And what are some little steps that you can take to make this happen? And then finally, what's stopping you from doing that? That is key number one to having a workplace fulfillment is identifying and owning your purpose, which stimulates that passion. The next thing is to do what you care about and enjoy. Hey, maybe you're in the middle of discovering your purpose and passions, but you still need to work, okay? We can't just sit around and and try to look for purpose. We still have to work a job to for our livelihood and to take care of our families. I get that. So if you're in the middle of discovering that purpose and you're just on a job or in a place where you're not really fulfilled, um, the second key, you can consider finding work that at least aligns with your values things that you care about, okay, or a mission statement, things that you care about, things that you enjoy, because even if you don't know that that's your purpose right away, if you're doing something that aligns with your values or your mission statement or things that you care about and enjoy, that can bring fulfillment. And at minimum, there is an in-between being in spaces that does work you actually value, and that will produce that fulfillment, Think about it. Consider all the intangible values you have, like things that motivate you, things that excite you. And does that employer value community service? If you really care about community service, does your job value that? Do they offer like volunteer days? If they do, then that aligns with one of your values. Okay, then think about the extrinsic tangibles, like are there opportunities on the job for commission? Are there different company perks or rewards? Does the role fit into your current lifestyle? So those are a couple of things that you may care about. You may care about 
community service, if this company is all about serving people and you're all about serving people, if the company has great commission, the dollar amount is your motivation, um, that may be enjoyable to you. Um, does it fit your lifestyle? For example, maybe your mom at the company offers um, support child care perks or even um, for working mothers, maybe they support with partial funding towards starting a family like IVF or donor support. Some companies actually, you know, offer funding or have budgets for women that are interested in starting a family. Maybe that's a perk that you like. Do they close on all major holidays, you know? And is it close to your house? Is commuting to work a perk? Is that a standout? These are small things, but they make a world of a difference when you are weighing the good and the bad and helping to make your environment more rewarding. And knowing what you really enjoy sometimes, it's just a matter of knowing what you like to do that can save time and help you be more intentional. So um, thinking about things that you enjoy, that that's certainly going to make you more inclined to have a sense of fulfillment while at that job. I would suggest baseline just starting with a list of things that you're interested in, things that you just love and that you enjoy what's important to you to have in a workplace. And think about the type of worker that you are or that you've identified yourself to be. Are you a night owl? Do you need to work overnight? Um, do you get more creative during the daytimes? Are you an early riser? Do you have to be in really early? What are some of your skills and your strengths and how can you locate opportunities that align with those? So if you jot down things that you're good at, things that you enjoy, that helps you to be more intentional when you are looking for jobs. And then consider, if you're looking for a change of pace, maybe write a list of jobs aligning with your interests. Even if you don't have experience in that per se, you know, you can still jot down those jobs that align with your interests and consider applying. Make sure that you're able to articulate all the transferable skills that you do have because you do have those skills. So even if it doesn't like mirror the jobs that you've currently done, I'm pretty confident that some of the skills from the job that jobs that you've done are transferable. And for those of you that are not sure about this, transferable skills are all the skills that you take with you from one job to another. So baseline, um, transferable skills are all the skills that you take with you from one job to another. And being able to clearly articulate and communicate uh, this will help you when applying for roles that seems foreign or you may not have flat out had the same language, but you know how to do the job. You're going to have to be able to really communicate your transferable skills and the ability to clearly communicate ideas to others, solve unexpected problems or work well in a team. Those are examples of transferable skills. So literally being able to clearly communicate your ideas, solve unexpected problems, or work on teams. Those are a couple examples. So while, while you may have worked, so here's another example. Maybe you've worked with children as a teacher, but you're interested in applying for a data analysis role in IT or something like that. That seems completely opposite, right? 
you've worked as a teacher, but you're interested in applying for a data analysis role or in some type of IT department. But think about it. When we talk about transferable skills, working with children and as a teacher, that can translate into leadership. Okay? You, you have leadership skills. You have teamwork skills. You have great attention to detail and critical thinking skills. Because I'm sure you've planned lessons for the, the students Um, You've also had to make sound decisions and to ensure their safety. So language like that, while, again, you may have had the title of a teacher, you have leadership skills, teamwork skills, attention to detail, critical thinking, um, and sound decision making because you've had to ensure student safety. Those would be your transferable skills that certainly fits the bill of a data analysis or some sort of role in IT. Um, And not like super technical IT if you're not IT technical, but you get what I'm saying. So thinking through the skills that you've earned in previous roles and being able to communicate those effectively, those are your transferable skills. Um, So you see, it's not just experience as a teacher, but those skills can take you very far Um, for more leadership positions. So I want you to give some thought to what you currently do and the jobs that you've had and how those skills can be described to fit a new role that you may be interested in. Okay, so the next key to fulfillment in the workplace is knowing that you are on the menu, okay? We spoke briefly about this in the In a previous podcast episode, it is certainly a chapter in the Wusa book, but the concept of knowing that you are on the menu, that speaks to your diversity, especially for women of color and what you offer. We've all heard the phrase, bring something to the table or having a seat at the table, but have you really considered coming empty-handed or bypassing the seat altogether? Maybe, sis, just maybe, because you are on the menu. You're the entree. You are the table. In other words, what if others needed to bring something or to glean something from you? This is how you must see yourself as valuable. I'm talking about having confidence in what you bring, your skills and your capabilities, which is also to key number two, why it's important to be able to articulate what you have to offer. By default, your essence is diversified, not just because you're a woman of color, but also because there is only one you. You are emphatically like no other, which is the epitome of diversity. Sis, you must show up as your authentic self every day. And when you're not your authentic self, the company loses an opportunity to learn from you, i.e. your perspectives and your ideas. Your background has led you to this point, and because of it, you got profound knowledge, a new approach, and fresh strategies. So why on earth would you suppress this? Think about it. Diverse companies are better equipped to appeal to talented job candidates because they respect, reflect, and celebrate different ideas, perspectives, and backgrounds. Being yourself helps to support that. 
It's also so important to be in spaces where we're celebrated and not just tolerated. Okay? So in the interview process, make sure that you're vetting the employers just like they're vetting you. It's not just a one-way street. You need to ask about the culture, management practices, how they value workplace wellness and work-life balance, inquire about the diversity of their teams, and I love to ask why the previous person left that role, okay? Whatever role that you're applying for that's open, I, I, I like to ask, why did this person leave? Sometimes that's telling as well. So that's you knowing that you are on the menu. And before I get into the last couple of keys, I want to briefly talk to you about what you offer with more specificity as we think about being on this menu. Okay, previously, I mentioned that everyone was created with unique gifts and talents, and I said I'll get back to that. So, so here we are. Our gifts are innate. Our gifts, the things that we naturally have, those are innate. We are born with these and excel in these areas naturally because they're our giftings. We all have them, which proves that we're all good at something. Maybe you haven't identified yours, but you do have them because you were created intentionally with some gifts. And then there are our skills. Skills are the areas of our expertise, which are things we accumulate. Skills are learned and developed. They are not our gifts. Our gifts aligns with our purpose. And many times we try to achieve success in areas that we're only skilled in, but we need to be gifted for, okay? And then there are talents. Talents are what we're good at. While our gifts are God-given, talents are things we're just good at. And again, a skill is something you could take a class for. It's something that you develop over time. So that's the distinction between gifts, skills, and talent. But because talents are things that we're good at and the gifts are God-given, therefore God gives us provision in our areas of giftings versus talent because our purpose is usually tied to our gifts. I really hope that makes sense. (laughs) I hope that makes sense for someone. So again, God provides us with provision, a pathway in the areas of our gifts. There's a scripture that says our giftings will make room And so if provision is already tied to what we're gifted at automatically, then it's important for us to find what we're gifted at and to pay attention to what we're gifted at because that's what's going to open the door for the provision. And however, here's the deal. If you can leverage all three, your skills, talents, and gifts, and work them together for your success— Oh my goodness, it can be explosive for you. And when we appropriate these things accordingly, we we can just fly and take off. And that certainly is going to provide workplace fulfillment. So sis, take an inventory of what you're working with. I challenge you to make a list of all your gifts, make a list of your talents, And then jot down your skills and give it some thought. How can you leverage them? 
How can you leverage all three together? How can you start to leverage it where you currently are, especially if that's a place you're not so fond of? Because at least if you're operating in your giftings, that's going to produce fulfillment because you were created to do that. Okay, I hope that makes sense. So the second to the last key is going to be networking and networking. It is um, more detail in the Workplace Peace Workbook where I actually dive deeper with networking with a couple activities on how to do that and different assignments created to help you truly hone in that key because that key is crucial. And I kind of talked about this key a little bit with episode six of the podcast that was titled Tribes and Communities. And all this to say, you've got to be smart and intentional about building and maintaining solid relationships. My professor in, I think it was my master's program, he told me it's who you know will get you the job and what you know will keep you there. And I have found that to be true in many ways. Um, We are as great as who we're connected to. And maintaining positive and solid relationships it's just crucial for our success because we, we were not created to be islands, okay? No one got to where they are in their career, profession, whatever, by themselves. Seriously, there was some level of support or someone helped them get to where they are. And there is so much value in networking across and networking up. And when I say networking across, I think of Issa Rae that talked about partnering with those that are on your level, your peers, and not just trying to go for the Oprah Winfrey's or reaching up, but the ones that are across from you that have skills and talents that you all can uh, leverage and work on projects together or whatever that may be. So there's value in networking across and up. Having people who can vouch for you, your skills, and sitting in position of influence or even just people in different fields that you can leverage is golden. Having networks stashed in different places can open a door for a new opportunity. You can learn and gain new skills from their discipline. You can also gain more confidence by being connected with other people who share similar experiences. And if you decide to pursue a passion or something else outside of your current work environment, you can leverage those networks to support you. Here's an example. Let's say you finally got the courage to start your baking business and you have networks from previous jobs who work in the administration department at a particular company. And part of their role is to hire catering for their corporate events. Because you have a solid relationship with them, they know about your catering business or your baking business, they can recommend your business, especially if you've kept that great relationship. You see see how that works? And then again, maybe you don't have a robust community, okay? Maybe you're just getting started. Maybe you're introverted. Maybe you just, you don't have the connections. Uh, Do know that it's never too late to start building, I speak about that in chapter seven of the Wusa book and a few ways to really meet people because it's so important. You could do that through your college alumni association. I recently joined mine. You could do it on LinkedIn. Also find out who knows who. You could even slide in people's DM on social media. I mean, don't be a creep or anything, but 
If you are genuinely interested in connecting, be polite and introduce yourself. But also know that a major part of networking is about being able to offer value and to serve others. I talk about this in that episode as well. Uh, Networking is not just what can they do for you. Can you look at my resume? Can you push my book along? No, it's nothing worse than having someone approach you with their hand out asking for something, especially if they don't know you. So be sure to court the person by being polite and support what they got going and, and be consistent. And the opportunity will likely present itself where you can take it beyond the DM or you can actually connect with that person in person um, I find that people love to talk about themselves. So even asking them out for coffee or tea and asking how they got started, learn their stories. And as you're learning their stories, make sure you ask about some of their epic failures. We tend to hear people's successes, but we don't know how they failed um, because that's a great opportunity to learn from their failures. Asking them what was one of the most Um, regretful business move they made or um, one of their failures. How did they fail for? What did they learn from it? What what would they have done differently? Asking those questions too is so important. So, hey, the final key is really (laughs) woosah. Pause and pivot if you need to. Pausing and then taking a pivot. And we talked about woosah. Woosah speaks to resetting, taking a deep breath, Breathing in, breathing out, that's resetting. So sometimes we have to pause and pivot in order to find workplace fulfillment and do that as often as you need to. Being able to pause and pivot if you need to speaks to being open and willing to accept new opportunities and to create them as well. There will come times in our lives where We simply just outgrow our environment, some relationships too, situations, you name it. And it can be scary to start all over or to break off a relationship when it's comfortable or it's all we know. And we love these people or we love being here. But if we've made true assessments, we're honest with ourselves and we've done all the work to ensure workplace fulfillment, and it's still not happening, it may be time to pivot. And again, the pivot could also mean to create your own thing or to do your own thing or to accept just something new. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there. While I believe life is more about significance and purpose than being happy, it's still important to be in spaces that are at least minimally rewarding or enjoyable. And again, rather that mission statement of the company or work opportunity lines up with what you care about. Maybe you value the company's vision. Maybe they have community service um, or maybe they're cool perks. They have tuition reimbursement or something that's there. It has to be something that you can hang your fulfillment hat on. Um, Yet, when it's nothing and none of that exists, that can have a negative impact on your mental, physical, or emotional health because you may just feel obligated to be there and you're miserable. 
And what's worse than being in a job that is draining and really impacting our mental, physical, and emotional health negatively? It's certainly time to pivot if that's the case. Think about those transferable skills you have because you do have them. Keep your resume up to date and be communicative with your networks about opportunities. Consider going back to school or getting a certification, possibly. Something new may help you highlight or even nurture your purpose, which could lead to fulfillment. You may also develop a new passion as well. Most importantly, allowing yourself the room to discover and to push past your comfort is fulfilling within itself. New opportunities, growth opportunities, they are awaiting you. So, sis, we've come to the end of our time together, and it has been a blast. Today, we discovered five keys to obtaining a more fulfilling work experience. And those keys, just to briefly recap, number one is identifying and owning your purpose Because nine times out of 10, when we are working in our purpose and we're owning it, we're confident about it, that's going to produce fulfillment. Number two is doing things that you care about and or enjoy. So being in work environments and professional settings that you really enjoy and that you care about, that is certainly going to help with fulfillment. Number three, knowing that you are on the menu Again, that speaks to self-worth and knowing your value and those transferable skills and really what you have to offer. Number four is networking. There's power and community. And that final thing is pause and pivoting, taking a woosah if you need to recess altogether. Hey, I sincerely hope this episode was helpful for you And I am wishing you so much success in and out of the workplace. Thank you so much for your time and attention over the last nine weeks. From the bottom and top of my heart, I appreciate your support, listening in and rocking out with me. Uh, Let's stay connected. Peace and love. I'm Coach Ruck Robertson, and you've been listening to the Woosa Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Woosa the Book or by searching Raquel Robertson. If you haven't yet, be sure to pick up your copy of Woosa, a survival guide for women of color working in corporate, available in ebook, audio, and in paperback. And grab the accompanying workbook and journal, Woosa Workplace Peace. Seven Keys to Obtaining a More Fulfilling Work Experience, both available at RaquelShelton.com. Hey, while you're over there at my website, hit the subscribe button to join my mailing list. And if you found this episode helpful, write a review, share it with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to protect your peace, advocate for yourself, and woosah whenever you need to.